0: Strategies and interviews that will accelerate your personal and business success. And now, here's your host, Dr. Jo North.
1: Hello, and how are you doing? It is so good to be back with you. And we've got a great subject for this show. It's all about leading remote collaboration, and it's something that I've been working on with many teams around the world how to get connected, how to get that teamwork really going, particularly, of course, online. It's been more important than ever this year and in 2020, hasn't it? And I've actually been working with remote teams and doing lots of online workshops and meetings and team building, all sorts of things since before March 2020. And the need for it really has ramped up. And I think, you know, as the year has gone on, It's been really interesting to see how people have sort of muddled through at the beginning and now they're realising it's a new way of working that's here to stay. We'll still do face-to-face meetings, of course, when everything opens up again, but the remote side is here to stay, I think, a lot more than it was previously. So teams are really keen to learn how to do the remote collaboration piece a lot better and to really learn how to do it. So we'll make a start and we're going to start off by actually thinking about collaboration and what it is. So we're going to start off with that and really think about leading collaboration, some of the pros and cons of doing that online and I'm going to talk about challenge as well and how to get some really healthy challenge going online and we'll think about some of the practicalities. now. What is collaboration? Well, simply, it's two or more people working together towards shared goals. And I think the key thing there is it's working together. They don't have to be side by side. They don't have to be in the same vicinity, of course. They just are working towards something that they've got in common. And the shared goals piece is really important because if those shared goals aren't in place that really is where collaboration can fall down. And we'll talk about what to do when collaboration gets tough and why that might be a little bit later in the show. But there are all sorts of benefits of collaboration when collaboration is done well and when it's used in the right way, because it's not a good idea to always collaborate. There are some times when it's best not to, and I'll cover that shortly as well. But we know from all sorts of research and also our experience, if we think about it, that when collaboration works brilliantly, we get improved engagement. It's a more efficient way to work. Processes are stronger. There's lots of innovation and more creativity around as well. It really generates that through that diversity of thought and people working together. It really does generate business creativity too. Um, Risk is reduced because you've got more people Thinking about things so you've got that diversity of perspective as well and it enhances people's skills because collaboration isn't always easy we've got to really think about what other people want sometimes we've got to flex and bend what we want ourselves to accommodate others and it's really important to understand that and work out how we're actually going to get along and do these projects together so those skills are important and collaboration builds sustainable relationships when people really get stuck into working on something fantastic together then you know those friendships those relationships last for a very long time so it's a really good sort of networking piece as well the research shows that there are times to collaborate and there are times not to collaborate sometimes it is simpler and more straightforward and more efficient to just you know, get on and do something and let the experts do their thing. And that's okay, there's a time and a place for that. There's also a time for people needing to think on their own before thinking in a group. It's a bit of a myth that getting everybody together and just sort of brainstorming off the cuff is a really great thing to do. It's all right, but it's even better if people have some time for individual reflection and they bring those thoughts into the group because actually individuals think better than the group. And the group will work better if the individual thought is input into that scenario. So there's research supporting that. Now, I said that collaboration requires skill and there are some competences. I mean, it really depends what you're collaborating on. But um, it's about really understanding each other, having a joint strategy, thinking about the business case when you're doing things in business and, and what different parties want, communication skills all sorts of skills coming together so it's really important that we use our emotional intelligence when we're collaborating and that the group is an emotionally intelligent group of people and by that i mean that they understand how they're feeling themselves where they're coming from how they're feeling and how that's affecting their behaviors their decisions and their actions so that they can really do a good job of having empathy and connecting with other people in the group as well. So all of these are underpinned by really strong emotional intelligence when collaboration happens at its best. And of course when collaboration gets tough, that's when we really do need to dial up those emotional intelligence skills that we all have, but we can all develop them further. Collaboration and collaborative working, there are three key things that need to be in place and as leaders we need to be really quite mindful and intentional about collaboration and it's our job to foster the environment in which and nurture the environment so that great collaboration between everyone can thrive. It's everybody's responsibility to make collaboration great but as leaders we're really there looking to make sure that the environment is good, the climate's good and that that collaboration can take place. And do some role modeling as well. People are looking to us for our behaviors and our decisions to see how we handle things. And then they take their cues often from what their leaders do. So let's have a quick look at each of these. So from a task point of view, for any collaboration project, Make sure everybody knows why they're there. What is the purpose of that collaboration? Make sure everyone is super clear. Super clear about what the project is. Super clear about their roles in the collaboration. And also the scope. So where does the collaboration start and where does it end? So putting some boundaries around that collaboration and relationships. Relationships matter, collaboration is all about relationships and a lot of people think that collaboration is about if we get on with each other at work we're collaborating. Well You know, you might be collaborative, you might be cooperative, but it's not necessarily true collaboration. So experts on collaboration say it's important from a relationship point of view to be optimistic, to be generous, to be forgiving. And I think, yes, be all of those. They're great qualities. They're great things to demonstrate, but also be assertive, be confident and be challenging. Do it in the right way. Because collaboration means getting the collective wisdom from everyone and getting the best out of everyone who's present. So do you agree with that? You know, do you think it's important in a collaborative environment at work? But also we have that challenge. We have a little bit of creative tension whereby working together, we make things better. And I'm going to share with you some findings that Google had when they looked into great collaboration and teamwork. And then we've got process. So this is making sure that all the, you know, the bits that keep everything going are together. So governance, communication systems, methods that people know where the interdependencies are and the tools and techniques as well. So those three elements of collaboration are really important. And as leaders, um, we need to make sure that we're thinking about those and making sure that they're helping as well. Now, I've talked about, is it collaboration if we all get on well together? Well, possibly, probably, not sure. And We're going to start at the bottom of the ladder of collaboration. But I just want to point out you don't have to start at the bottom and go through the steps. You can come in at any point in this ladder. Right at the bottom is coercion. And what coercion is, is where somebody is made to do something. So obviously that's not collaboration. That's not even remotely like collaboration. We're just instructing somebody to do something and, and that's not a collaborative situation. Let's go up the ladder a step to confusion. And what confusion is, is sort of people have a sense that they think they should be working together but they're not sure why and they're not sure who's doing what. So it's all a little bit loose, it's a bit messy, it's not quite there. So let's move up then to competence. And this is where people are really good at what they do. And they just like to do what they do and do it independently. So you find people doing good jobs, but they're working in silos. They're not joining up. They're not communicating between departments or between those silos. And where competition comes in... This is where people are trying to look better. You know, the the marketing team is trying to outperform sales or sales are trying to look better than the operations team or whatever it is or individuals within teams are trying to outperform each other. That sort of competition isn't collaboration and having some healthy competition is a really great thing as long as it's the team joining to compete with the world outside, the team are joining to compete with the competition. Next level up, we're nearly there, we're nearly at collaboration, but not quite, is cooperation. And cooperation means, yep, if you're working, I'll help you. If I'm working, I know you'll help me. So it's people helping each other. But it's still not truly collaborative because collaborative means we set the vision together. We shape things together. You know, we consult on what the right way forward should be together. So true collaboration is where we come together to find really creative solutions. Now, it's really interesting because one of the activities I do with groups is I ask them to pin. I use Mentimeter, which is, as you know, is one of my favourite polling and quizzing tools for online workshops. And I ask people to pin where they think they are on the ladder of collaboration. Where are you? pin it on there, and then I ask them to do it for the whole project, where would you say that everybody in the project is, and without exception, the overall trend in every single group I've worked in with face-to-face and virtually from around the world, they always pin themselves higher than they pin their colleagues and the other parties that are involved in the collaboration which is really interesting. And then, you know, when you think about that, it's because we see our perspective. We're the hero of our own story in a way, aren't we? And we're not seeing the other person's point of view or the other party's point of view. And the other parties could be trying just as hard to collaborate, you know? And this is something that is really important to, to think through, is being able to see the different perspectives of everybody else and not just our own perspective. And that's what being truly collaborative is, is all about. Collaboration's great. Doing it remotely is great. It's all brilliant, but we've got to get it right, and we've got to think about the opportunities and the challenges. And here's some research that was done in 2020. I think as a result of the pandemic, from an organisation called Remote How, they asked about 500 or so um, people leading remote teams. What are the biggest advantages? of working remotely and what are some of the biggest disadvantages and in general the theme was around higher employees was the biggest advantage a more global talent pool because obviously you can reach more people and involve more people people being more productive lower costs and better employee retention rates probably driven by the fact that number one people are happier And actually when I've asked people in sessions what do you think the advantages are they've come up with pretty similar things and I think the flexibility the diversity of people you can include in a team and also it's fantastic for networking for understanding different people in different places and bringing people together from all over the world all over the country and so on now some of the disadvantages they felt that in this research, which also mirrors uh, what I'm finding in my workshops too, is it can be hard to build relationships because there's a lack of social contact. So people are getting together for meetings, but they're not sort of having that that downtime, that social time to really connect difficulties with communication because obviously working virtually is about technology about you know only one person can speak which isn't a bad thing but we don't have as many non verbal cues that we get when we're in the room with people decreased employee visibility so when people are working remotely sometimes it's hard to know what they're working on because we just don't see them And sort of supervising, managing work, making sure people aren't working either too hard or making sure they're working hard enough, depending on your perspective and the whole work life balance thing. And the thing that I found is that it's about honesty and how do you get people to be really honest about stuff? How do you get people to speak out about things in that remote environment? where people are doing um, everything online, where they're talking through the microphone and they're talking through the screen. And from a leadership perspective, what we need to do is role model things that demonstrate to people that they are safe to speak out, that they can be themselves. And actually, we do want their opinions. You know, we want them to say exactly what they think. Do it in the right way, right time and respectfully, but open things up. And this is really where leadership role modeling comes in. So the key challenges that I've had in my sessions with people around the world since last March, actually, are things like can we be as effective as we are when we're face to face? You know, Can we be a good leader from a distance? What does that look like? And how to be clear that you are accessible and that you're there for people and, and having drop-ins and having virtual coffee with people, and building in some of the informal things, as well as making sure that the more formal communication structures are in place as well. Are we getting good feedback when we need to consider the options? Are people getting enough social interaction? How do we know people are really working? With people around the world, it's impossible to turn off because with different time zones, it feels like you're always, always on. A feeling that they're not efficient at meetings, with some people checking out or turning off, be engaging, don't just talk at a screen, and really engage people when you're in your sessions. I've got lots of tips, tools, techniques, activities that you can use to do that. Sometimes because people are you know, not as visible, it's hard to see whether or not they're engaged or how they're performing, so they're not picking up any issues until it's too late. Getting pulled from one thing to another and fewer communication cues. So how do we make all of that work? How do we get over all of those challenges that leaders around the world are facing with remote collaboration? And remember, remote collaboration is a wonderful thing. We've just got to lead it right, manage it right, and make sure that we bring people on board. One of the biggest challenges for remote teams is retaining their centre of gravity. And what I mean by that is they've all got to be pulled into something at the centre. It's got to have a heart, you know. Everybody's got to be really clear about what the purpose is, brought into that, understanding the impact they're going to make, that positive impact through the collaboration and have that sense of gravity. And it's the leader's job to create that sense of gravity, that pull into everybody being on the same page and working for the same overall objective. And it's interesting that this was done before lockdown, But it's about collaboration and it's about team working, but Google did a really massive research project in their organisation to look at team working and to look at collaboration. They called it Project Aristotle because Aristotle is the one that said the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. He might not have been the first through the history of time but he is the first one who's credited with it so he has some sort of first mover promotional advantages with that and what google found was that the key thing the number one thing is to have something called psychological safety in place and this applies just as much to the remote environment to the online environment as it does to the face-to-face and what psychological safety is all about it's an environment where people feel that they can take risks they can be vulnerable and they're, they're just safe to speak up in front of each other they don't feel inhibited they can be themselves and they can say what they've got to say the second factor that makes teams and collaboration successful is dependability so teams are trusted to get things done on time and meet the standards, do it to the right quality. Having structure and clarity was number three, and we talked about that in the collaboration triangle earlier. And that there is meaning and impact for team members. So every team member understands their role, they know that they're there to contribute and that their contribution is valued and valid, and that the work that they are doing as individuals, as part of that team, actually matters and it creates change. So it's our job, our number one job as leaders in any environment, and especially in the remote environment, the online environment, is to create and support psychological safety so that people can speak up, people can do their best work, people can shine, people can challenge and they actually look forward to the content and you know, the work itself and the social interaction of meetings, they're not, they're not sort of sitting there feeling, oh, I can't I don't agree with this, I can't contribute, I wish I could speak up. This is in the New York Times, based on the Google project Aristotle. And it says, no one wants to put a work face on when they get to the office. No one wants to leave part of their personality and inner life at home. But to be fully present at work, to feel psychologically safe, We must know that we can be free enough sometimes to share the things that scare us without fear of recriminations. We must be able to talk about what's messy or sad, to have hard conversations with colleagues who are driving us crazy. We can't be focused just on efficiency. And I think that's so important to remember that, whether we're facilitating, we're leading a team, we're doing innovation or other collaboration projects, is it's actually about giving people the space and the confidence that they can speak up so have a think about you know in your own work and when you're actively involved in people who with people who are collaborating and look out for any behaviors that you see that reflect psychological safety is there that healthy challenge or are people politely agreeing with each other and just being generally nice you know because that's one of the behaviors that signals that psychological safety might be lacking And think about why it's important and what difference does it make to you and your team and what you've seen in your team and really do a big check in and say, you know, how is this looking? How are people really feeling and be quite observational about psychological safety and also ask yourself a few questions, because if you're working with a team regularly, how well do you know their stories of everybody? because it's really important we feel known and we feel valued and that the things we want people to know about us we know are known so when we're working with people regularly or even in a short interaction get them to share something about themselves something they're happy to share but you know that really helps to make a connection and encourage people to be themselves and mindfully intentionally sustain and grow relationships beyond just the efficiency of being task focused and getting the day job done. Now this brings me on to challenge and healthy challenge. So challenge isn't about being aggressive, it's not about being horrible or competitive or big conflict. You know challenge is a good thing, we take on challenges, we might want to go on a long distance walk or challenge ourselves to run a certain distance in a certain time or, or get a certain qualification you know, challenges are good and this is where teams are brilliant when they are challenging each other and in order to challenge we need to have that psychological safety in place so people feel it's okay to do so It's also important as leaders that we're okay to be challenged because it's okay not to know everything. It's okay to, you know, want a bit of time before you make a decision. It's okay to do those things and it's okay to be unsure. And I think if we go first as leaders, then that really shows the people that we're open and it's okay for them to be open about those things as well. From a cultural perspective, in any environment, what we're looking for is to have a high level of cooperation between people, so people really happy to work together, and a high level of challenge in terms of different perspectives and different ideas coming through, so that we can hit that spot, which is where we've got high cooperation and high challenge, which is really great. It's a a fantastic environment to be in, because actually it's exciting, it's progressive, it's interesting. Things get done, the business moves forward. Where there's high cooperation and a low level of diversity and a low level of challenge, it just feels comfy and cosy and very safe. I mean, I can't stand those environments because I like things to happen. I like to see progress, you know. But And there's no progress in those environments because nobody's challenging. Nobody's pointing out those things that could be done to make things better and to make things more contemporary where there's low cooperation and a low level of challenge people just come in do what they've got to do and then go again it's going through the motions it's ticking the boxes and organizations in which people um, go through the motions even sessions team workshops those sorts of things where people are just going through the motions you know it's like a sausage machine and you get the the typical sausages out but nothing better and of course at the top of the high level of challenge and low cooperation we've got really just competing ideas and interests people not really getting on people not supporting each other so that high cooperation and high challenge is the place to be so how can you spark some meaningful insights from your team because challenge doesn't have to be direct full-on confrontation or you're wrong or I think this is right. It doesn't have to be like that at all. It can be really nice and gentle and you can invite challenge in. You can ask questions like, how do you think we can make this better? That's a really nice invitation to challenge, isn't it? What would it take for you to be really excited about this if you feel that people are, yeah, it's all right, but we're not really bought in. And ask them, what would you do differently? Give them the opportunity to show how they might do things better differently or whatever and that might give you some useful feedback so there's some really good questions there and where we want to get to all of this drives out different styles we've all got different preferences and different approaches but collaboration is is where we want to be where we've got people who are accommodating where they've got high concern for the other person's agenda and a low concern for their own It means that we're just saying yes, they're just people pleasing and so on. It's not a great position to be in long term. It's not great either to have a low concern for others agenda and a low concern for our own and just avoid the issue. Because what happens there is that issues just get worse, they fester, they rot over time and become bigger issues than they need to be. Competing uh, we've talked about with with high concern for our own agenda and a low concern for others and compromising people think compromising is a good thing and it's not a bad thing it's an okay thing but compromising is where I'll come towards you you come towards me but we'll both have to let something go you know each of us will have to let something go so it's okay but where we want to be is full collaboration which is I want you to get everything you want I want to get everything I want, how can we help each other get everything each of us wants by working together without forfeiting anything, without foregoing anything and that's what true collaboration is all about and I think this Thomas Killman model um, actually demonstrates that really well. And what to do when collaboration feels tough? Well the answer is keep collaborating, work even harder. People think collaboration is going really well all of the time but actually some projects get some really sticky phases. Some phases where people don't agree or there's tension or people fall out because something's gone wrong and actually keep collaborating. Keep the emotional intelligence high. Make sure that frustration and you know getting personal doesn't come into it really work harder at it when collaboration feels tough, because actually that's when collaboration really does count. That's when collaboration matters even more than ever. Just some thoughts for you. The bigger the group, the more likely people are to stand back from the collaboration. This is called the Ringelman effect, which is the greater the number of people, the less likely we are as individuals to take responsibility and to contribute. So if you want to get people collaborating um, and you've got a big group and a big team, that's okay. But where you can, get some smaller work streams going so that people can work in small groups. The other thing is, is we collaborate more with people we know and like. So we should be challenging ourselves on that because we're just getting more of the same. Often we naturally are attracted to people who have a lot in common with ourselves Let's look for people who can give us some of that creative challenge, who can bring something different. It's harder work, but it's so brilliant. And if you have a growth mindset around collaboration, it's fantastic. You know, and I really love to see what other people bring that I can't bring to something. And I like to bring my thing as well, so we can all put that into the mix. Um, Things like history and office politics and things going wrong uh, get in the way and it can be that there's a blame culture, it's them, it's not us and so on. And from a leadership point of view, don't fall into that behaviour, make sure that you are role modelling emotional intelligence, that you're role modelling, sorting things out and that you're working really hard to see the other people's point of view so that you can do the best job possible in bringing people together so some practicalities think about from a practical perspective when to collaborate when not to think about the virtual working environment and how well that's set up are the right channels of communication in place make sure you run good meetings meetings that are interactive that have a purpose that only the people who need to be there attend all of those good things keep people updated make sure decisions are made and communicated and the reasons for those decisions are shared make sure that you create space for people to exchange their knowledge and actually people like sharing their knowledge and expertise in the main you know feels good when we can really contribute something doesn't it think about motivation keep an eye on that think about the psychological safety and everybody is an individual and everybody needs and values different things so all of the usual leadership thinking around that absolutely matters. Make sure people have visibility and that you give people visibility when they're working remotely. And just really keep innovating, keep finding and solving problems, which is what innovation's all about. And use the, the great tools at your disposal as well. So lots there. So thank you so much. There's lots of free resources there for you to download on my website so go to bigbangpartnershipcouk forward slash resources and do enjoy and benefit from the things there I hope you like them and if you want to talk more about collaboration and remote collaboration and working online and go deeper into any of these themes I'd love to hear from you let me know how you do it let me know of any challenges you've got and if you'd like to know more then you know where I am so I will see you next week, same time, same place. I go live every Thursday, 6 p.m. UK time. And next time I'm sharing with you how to create an awesome value proposition. So that's it from me. I'll see you next week. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to the
0: Idea Time Show, brought to you by Dr. Joan North. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel and access more completely free resources at bigbangpartnership.co.uk forward slash resources. We'll see you next
1: time.